Amen. I thank God for the blood. Amen. And thank God. I said thank God for the blood. Amen. Amen. Y'all, my children sound louder than that. Come on, y'all have to help me tonight. Amen. And uh, thankful tonight to be here. And uh, I'm thankful for the Lord. Amen. And uh, how He's worked. And I'm thankful for your prayers as Marley's recovering uh, from her surgery. And uh, thank y'all for keeping up and praying for her. And uh, it means a lot to us. And I know it means a lot to her. We try to go through, and every person that sent a prayer or sent a message saying they prayed for her, we tried to read it to her and let her know. And we want her to know that God's people are the best people on the planet Earth. Amen. And so thank you all so much for praying for her. And uh, we're thankful for the Lord's doing. And we pray that she recovers well and uh, we can get back to Guatemala. Amen. And uh, I want to say I'm glad to be here tonight. And I guess I can say that on a level, but at the same time, I'm kind of (laughs) not. And uh, be honest with you, I'd rather just be in Guatemala and uh, preaching the gospel, but I'm thankful. Usually on Wednesday nights, me and about seven men, uh, Guatemalan men, gather around the Bible and for about three hours discuss the Word of God. And uh, they just have question after question. I can't answer every one of them, promise you that. But we can at least go together and just talk about the Word of God together. And I'm telling you, it encouraged me. And I'm thankful, though, to be here tonight. In front of the greatest church in the world, amen. And I mean that. I'm not just saying that. When we were on deputation, I told churches everywhere we went uh, that we were sent out of the greatest church in the world, the Bible Baptist Church in Rossville, Georgia. And uh, I believe we have the best church here. And I'm very thankful that God brought us here. And I'm thankful for what the Lord's doing. And uh, thankful for how He's allowed us to go forth and to see land bought, amen. And I look forward to coming back hopefully next year, if the Lord allows, uh, we come back next year and see a brand new building. Amen? And so uh, I believe he's able. Amen? And so we just have to have faith. Amen? And uh, if you will, take your Bibles tonight to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And um, be honest, the preacher called me yesterday and he asked me. Uh, we had talked, uh, I reckon the day we got here, and we just talked. And he said, I want you to preach for me while you're here. And I just looked at him kind of puzzled when I prayed, preacher. I said, I don't preach under an hour anymore. And uh, he said, well, he said, you're going to have to preach your introduction then. And uh, just leave it at that. And so, uh, but I, yesterday I went and tried to study and try to get things together. And as I was looking through all my messages, I couldn't find any messages that were short. And so I started cutting stuff and looking for other stuff. And, and finally the Lord just led me here. And I pray tonight that we edify the saints. Amen. And that's our desire. Uh, we, we're not here to beat nobody over the head. Amen. Uh, we're here to edify the church and to, and to lift you up. And I pray that's what we do. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, to, or chapter 11, pardon, uh, or excuse me. If I say any Spanish words here tonight, y'all just look over it. Brother Daniel's here to translate, so I'm not speaking in tongues. Amen. And so we're all good. Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtained a good report. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you tonight for this opportunity to preach. Lord, we know as we stand here, God, if we stand here alone, this is, God, we stand empty. We stand with nothing. And so, God, we ask you tonight for your touch, Lord. God, as we stand before your people, God, we ask that you would help us to feed your sheep. And God, that we would edify your people. And I pray, dear God, most of all tonight that you would be glorified 
glorified and God that you would be magnified in Jesus name amen and amen uh, as we sent through set through in Guatemala starting in April uh, the Lord allowed me then to start preaching the Lord put it uh, firmly in my heart that he wanted me to deal with the doctrines of the Word of God uh, being much confusion with the Catholicism and Pentecostal charismatic stuff down there and so I, the Lord really put on my heart to start going through the doctrines and as I would go through and I was I would go through uh, the Lord just more and more taught me things to be honest with you that all my life I said I believed but I really just didn't know why I believed them amen and and I'll be honest with y'all as I went through I mean there were some things that I knew and I understood but for the most part as I was going through I thought well I didn't even know that and I believed it <laughs> I mean I just honest with y'all and I believe that's where we get a lot of our uh, a lot of our problems in our churches today I believe we have a lot of people that believe things, but we have no clue why we believe them. Amen. And I believe a lot of times the reason we see a lot of young people depart from the faith, we see a lot of church members leave the faith. I don't believe it's because necessarily just because they're mad at God and they're trying to get away from the things of God. But I believe, and I'm not saying this against Bible, but listen, I think a lot of times we focus so much on the high services that we forget all about doctrine. Amen. I mean, we, we literally, we want the shouts, we want the glory, we want all those things, but we don't want the doctrine that goes with it. Amen? And I believe we're missing that in a lot of our churches. And I don't believe we're missing that here, thank God. But there is a lot of churches that are missing the doctrines of the Word of God. And tonight, I just, I mean, this ain't going to be the whole entire doctrine on faith, amen? I don't have the time, and y'all probably leave. And so, uh, I'm, I'm going to best as I can put this down here tonight, and I hope and pray that it's a blessing to you. I believe as we read Hebrews chapter 11 here, I believe we find a very good, uh, I guess, uh, three words, you could say, that summarize what true biblical faith is. Three words here, I believe, and I want to look at those uh, very quickly and we'll continue on. The Bible says, now faith is the substance. And substance is simply something that which we would stand upon. Amen? And I would say this tonight, that I believe the greatest uh, object, the greatest person, the greatest uh, teaching that we can build our church upon is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He is our substance and our eternal substance. He is the one that we stand on. And without Him and without uh, able to stand on Him, we have nothing. Amen? And so we see the substance of faith and then it says uh, the evidence of things not seen there is a conviction that we are missing in a lot of our churches and a lot of our personal lives a conviction that what God says he will do he will do it amen but I believe that at the same time, especially with the charismatic movement now, and it's prominent here as well, that there is a new a thought that if we will ask God something, He will do it. But that's not necessarily true. The thing is, there are some things that God will do, but there are other things that when we pray, that we are praying with the faith that He is able to do those things. Amen. Now when we pray for somebody to get saved, when we pray for somebody to come back to the house of God, we don't pray with the attitude, well, He will do this. 
Or he will save my family. Or he will bring that person back. We pray with the thought that he is able to do that. Amen. Because here's the mindset we get. That if he don't do it, then we didn't pray with faith. That if he don't do it, well, we must just not have enough faith in us. That is the most charismatic teaching of our time. That if you, if, if you pray something and it don't happen, well, it's because you don't have faith. I don't, can't tell y'all how many times I've come across that in Guatemala and as well as here. You talk to somebody, and especially the charismatic crowd, and they say that, well, it's because you don't have faith. I don't speak in tongues. This is because you don't have faith. No, it's because I got my head on right. Amen. But I mean, most of the time, that I mean, the whole laying on hands, the whole the whole crowd that wants to heal and all that stuff. And I believe God's able to heal, Amen. But what I'm saying is, is we have a new, uh, I guess, theology where we think that if we pray something and God don't do it, well, we didn't pray with faith, and that's not always the case. It just may not be His will to heal that person. It may just not be the time or that person that you're praying for to get saved. They might just, they might just be bucking the system. Hey, they may just be rejecting God. It's not because you're not praying with faith. And I have seen so many Christians and I have talked to Christians that are so defeated in their prayer life because they say, well, God's just not hearing my prayers. I can't remember the country song, but some of God's greatest gifts are God's unanswered prayers. And there are no such thing as unanswered prayers. Sometimes they're just no's. Amen. There's sometimes things that we pray and we want to come to pass. We want to, I mean, we, I mean most of us are spoiled. I mean, I was the only child for 17 years. When I wanted something, I most time got it, Mama. Amen. Thank God. And so as as in my Christian life, I thought, sure enough, I'll pray for something, I'll get it. But that's not always the case. I want to encourage you here tonight. You may be praying for something and praying for something, and you finally, you may just be so discouraged in your prayer life. Let me just say this. Know that He is still able. And so we see that there is a conviction in in faith that, that, that He will perform those things that He said He will perform. Amen. And then also we see in verse 2 it says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Hebrews 11, known as the, the Hall of Faith, if you will. And, and, and as you study this chapter, there is man and woman and man and woman that God honored. That not, not, not the writer of Hebrews, no, that God honored. These people that walk with God and live for God, they live by faith, they talk by faith, they sung by faith, they, everything they did involved faith. And God honored them. Why? Because later on in verse 6 you see the Bible says, For without faith it's impossible to please God. I believe it was Brother Brown preaching a revival last week when he said, it don't matter how loud you shout, it don't matter how well you preach, it don't matter how well you sing, if you're not obedient, your Christian life doesn't amount to much. Friend, let me say this tonight, I believe with all my heart, listen, you can sit on a church pew your whole entire life and be faithful to God and be obedient to God and have more rewards than a missionary sovereign over in a foreign field somewhere. Why? Because you're faithful and obedient. 
Obedience, or, uh, obedience is a fruit of, faith, of, of, being, of having faith. Amen? If you don't have faith, you're not going to do what Christ asks you to do. But if you have faith, then you're going to say, let's go on for the glory of God. This is what He wants. Let's put these things down and let's go on. And so we see the definition or a, 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 a summary of what true biblical faith is. Simply put, one writer said, true Bible faith is confident obedience to God's Word in spite of circumstances and consequences. True faith. I want to see really quickly, I'm not going to go through all 40 verses, <laughs> amen, but I want to see just some of the main people here that we know so well of, amen. First in verse 3, it, the Bible talks about faith and creation, amen. The Bible says through faith we understand that the wor worlds were framed by the Word of God. Meaning when he spoke it, it happened. Amen. Listen, I believe that God created the heavens and earth not because the scientists say it or not, well, they don't say it. Amen. Not because whatever says it or because pastor says it or because that's what Bible Baptist believes. No, friend. I believe, hey, that he created the world because he said he did. Amen. I've talked to Baptists before. Why do you believe this? What's well, what my pastor teaches. That's good. But what, why do you believe it? God help us as Christians to have answers for creation. And they're going to argue. They're going to come up with all their big, long, scientific words. I don't understand half of it. I mean, they, talk, I mean, they start talking about atoms, and I don't know what that even is. I mean, I'm just dumb when it comes to those kind of things. And I ain't ashamed to admit it. I mean, I'm just ignorant when it comes to those things. And they start, I'm just like, I don't know. I just, by faith, believe that God created the heavens and the earth. I don't have some big, huge, uh, you know, theology definition and all that. I just, live, I just know it by faith. Amen. And I don't, I mean, I'm not going to sit down and argue with a man. I'm not a fool. I mean, I'm going to believe what the Word of God says and live it. Amen. And so we, we have faith, we live it, or we, we believe it, uh, uh, that creation was created by faith. Amen. Listen, I, I, I sat down the other day and we were sitting there trying to watch something on television. I, I mean, it was like every single thing is about years gone by. Creation, universe, and all these different things. Billions of years ago and millions of... Let me just say this, don't put your mind on those things. You want confusion? Confusion? Watch them. You want you to, yourself to be all confused and all tore up? Watch them. But if you want to keep a straight mind and a pure mind, just keep them off the television. Keep them off the radio. I don't listen to Bill Nye. I used to when I was a kid, but now, man, that guy's gone off the rocker. I mean, he's gone crazy. Don't listen to him, amen. I want to say faith, the faith that Abel had. The faith that Abel had in verse 4. We learn that Abel had a sacrifice. But the Bible says that this is a more excellent sacrifice. Man, there's so much in this that's so hard. But the Bible says it's a more excellent sacrifice. Why? Well, what Cain had to offer, Cain's sacrifice, would you call it, uh, was the first, uh, uh, first institution of, of world religion. All of it was based off works. And so world, I mean, work religion is all derives from Cain. Amen? 
But with uh, Abel's, and he took a lamb and he slaughtered the lamb and put the blood and, and sacrificed that and offered it up to God. And that made an excellent sacrifice to God. Why? Because it had the blood. Just like Brother Jack and, Miss, and Sister Barbara sang about, it is always, have been, and will be the blood, the blood, the blood. Amen. So the faith of Abel, but he did that sacrifice by faith. It's always been about faith. It's always been even salvation in the Old Testament was by faith. And now today it's by faith. And say, can I say to you tonight, friend, if your salvation is not by repentance and faith, you do not have salvation. So hard. It's, I guess it's easier here, but it's, it's so hard down in Guatemala to make them understand that it is a free gift, that, it's, that there is nothing you have to do, that it is literally you seeing yourself as a lost sinner in need of a Savior, by putting your sin to the side and, and saying, I'm a sinner, and putting your faith in Christ. And it's so hard for them to see that because they've been taught their whole life, do do, do, go to Mass, do Ash Wednesday, do this thing, this, this, and they've been taught that and indoctrinated with that. Thank God we live in the South. And thank God that our minds, a lot of people have been indoctrinated with religion, but at the same time, thank God we was able to hear the gospel. The true gospel. Amen. And then we see in verses 5 and verses 6, we see the faith of Enoch. I like one thing about Enoch's story. It says in the uh, Genesis, I believe it is, that Enoch walked with God 365 years. First time I read that, I thought, man, that's pretty good. Considering there's 365 days in a year. And it was like, I mean, I, I'm just, I don't know, I look at stuff too deep, I reckon. I thought, well, I guess God's telling us we need to walk with Him every single day. Amen? I mean, ain't it walk with God? I ask you tonight, how many days of the week do you walk with God? I said, Brother Johnson, I walk with God every day. I'm saved. Not every day that we walk with Him. There's a lot of days we get up, we shower, get breakfast, ate, and we get to work. And then we get to work, and we're working. We work all day, work all day. It's time to get off. We go home. Get to home, eat dinner, go to bed. Where was God? We have to walk with God by faith. Amen? Hey, by faith. And then we see the faith of Noah. I, I, I was reading over this just, I guess, a few weeks ago, just going back over some notes. And I thought about this story of Noah. I thought about what it must have been like when God came to Noah and said, there's going to be a big flood. There's going to be water that covers the earth. I wonder, I mean, Noah, they had never seen rain. They didn't even know what he, I mean, how do you even process that? They had never seen rain. They, they had never seen water cover and flood. They had never seen that. But when God said, I'm sending the flood... Noah didn't sit back and go, well, what is that? He didn't say, well, hold on a second. He never hesitated. He said, okay. And he went and found the gopher, wind, well, gopher wood and he went to building. <laughs> he never hesitated. And I thought about that and then Brother Brown started preaching that message the other day and I thought, well, that's a good little thought to tie into together. 
How many times does it take God to tell you something before you do it correctly? It took Noah one time. Now I thought about that in my life. Good night. How does God tell me to witness to somebody? And I God tell me, to, I mean, I, just be honest. God tell me to stand up and testify in church. And I, well, I'll just hold on for a minute. See who goes next. Everybody ever done that? I just see who goes next, you know. If it's good, I'll come behind them. If it's not, then I'm, I'm not getting back. I'll just let it die from there. But if God tells us to do something, we ought to act immediately. Let me just say this. Hesitant faith is no faith. Slow obedience, uh, Madeline, she's in Rebecca, and I like listening to that little teacher she's got. She's pretty good, and she said something that one day. She said, slow obedience is no obedience. And I thought, well, that's, that's pretty good. And think about that. God asks us to do something, and we hesitate. We're not doing it with faith. Amen? Well, let me make sure all this is put in order. Well, let me make sure that all my bills are paid and let me make sure that my car is paid for, my house is paid for before I go. I'll never forget uh, when we began to prepare to leave for the mission field. I'm telling y'all, Lord just gave us so much grace. And, and I'll never forget, we put that house on the market, sold in a week and a half. After that, I thought, well, this is going pretty fast. I mean, we already sold our house and we had nowhere to live after that. <laughs> and I was like, what do we do? I mean, here I'm in, the, I'm in the man of the house. I'm supposed to be the provider, and we're about to be homeless. And, you know, preachers, I, I will take care of you. And I'm like, I know that, but I want to see that. <laughs> I mean, I want to see that we're, we're going to have somewhere to go. I mean, we ain't got a house, and we're about to start deputation. All these things started around. And before I knew it, God just put, started putting things in order for us. I mean, after two months of deputation, we came off our job. We went full time, never looked back. I mean, God, hey, took care of us. And I'm going to say to child of God tonight, when we go by faith, He will help us. He will take care of us. He will lead us. He will direct us. Hey, and listen, I'm sure people thought Noah was crazy. I mean, they probably thought, man, you're talking about rain. You're talking about it's going to be rain enough to flood the earth. Man, you are crazy, Noah. And people told us, y'all crazy. There's Guatemalans here. There's people here to witness to. There's things to do here for God. But when God said go in 2010, I remember sitting in Mexico and God put a desire in my heart to, to be a missionary. At the time, I had no clue where to go, any, any, any direction from there. I met my wife in the end of 2010. First thing I told her, well, I'm just going to tell you straight up, God's called me to be a missionary, so we ain't going to be living here long if we get married. And she said, well, if, if you're my husband, I reckon I'll go with you. And I thought, well, aren't you just full of faith? I mean, you know. I thought, well, we'll see if she really means that. Sure enough, here two years, I'll tell her, and, you know, she'll hit the road running. I found out she was in school and all this stuff, and I thought, Lord, I ain't no way I'm getting her away from here. She's got a good career. I forget in 2014, Brother Dan, we started at Spanish church, and those Guatemalans started coming. We was out there on them streets, and you looked at me and said, Man, all these people from Guatemala. I thought, Yeah. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit inside of me was saying, That's where you're going. That's where you're going. I thought, Man. I thought I was going to Mexico. That's where, you know, he called me. And I'll never forget Brother Daniel saying, that's where we're going. I remember a preacher, he took us three different places, but I remember the last place, he took us to Applebee's. 
He set us down. He said, you don't need to go. And I thought, what? I mean, we already got all these plans. I mean, what are you talking about? He said, you don't need to go. I said, well, preacher, I mean, I know you're my pastor. I love you, but I'm going. Man, I tried to not, you know, overcross the boundary of pastoral authority, but I was letting him know, preacher, I'm sorry, but I got to go. I can't, I can't not go. And he said, well, okay. And he never asked, and he never said anything else about that. And I thought it was weird for the longest. I thought, man, no, I just didn't know. And a few months later, I asked him, I said, preacher, I had a question. I said, did you really not think it was God's will for me to go? I mean, I just wanted to know. And he said, well, he said, if I would have talked you out of it, it wouldn't have been the will of God. Right. And now I understand that. But then I didn't. And friend, let me tell you, when God speaks to you about something, the best thing we can do is just say, let's go. Let's not hesitate. Let's not wait around. Let's not wait for this to happen and this to happen. And Well, let me make sure we're all good here. Let me make sure. No, let's just do it. I mean, hey, why not? He proved to Noah that he was able. Amen? Noah built that ark. They got on it, him and his whole family. Noah didn't say, well, I got kids. Let me build them an ark. For... No, he said, we're all getting on the same boat together and we're getting out of here. Let me just say this. Madeline don't have all the friends she has that she here or down there as she has here. We don't have all the friends down there as we do here. We don't have her family down there. But I, there is not a single person in this room here tonight that for one day I would change shoes with you. I want to be there now. My children. They want to be there. Say, what is that, Brother Josh? It's God. Only He can do that. And instead of us having so much fear, I just, I don't know. He does. I don't know, Brother Josh. It's just, it's a huge step. I know it is. But it's a big old step with Jesus. Amen. And I'm telling you, friend, He will take care of you every single step of the way. There has not been a time that He has failed us. There's not been a time on the field where I have second-guessed God. Why? Because He called us to that place, Brother Daniel. And I know that He is able to keep us there, to feed us there, to comfort us there, and to be with us there. There's been lonely times. There's been times where I've sat and cried and wept and missed people. I mean, some people I've cried for and I didn't even like. And I mean, you know, sometimes you just want an American or gringo to talk to. But I'm going to tell you what, the Lord, oh, He's been so good. Hey, I'm telling you, there's been times where we've been lonely. There's been times where we've been down and out. And I'm telling you, the Lord, the sweet Holy Ghost will comfort us in that midnight hour, Brother Barnes. And it feels so good to know that we got a God that's able to do that but some people will never experience that feeling because they're not willing to make that step by faith not everybody in here is called the mission field amen I hear nobody amen so that's good not everybody in here is called the mission field but every person in here has something that God has put inside of you to do it might be witnessing to that coworker. Why are you hesitant? What are you waiting on? I promise a star ain't going to fall from heaven. 
I know we sometimes make those, well, Lord, if you'll do this, I'll witness to them. Lord, if you'll put them in my path and, you know, we're sitting there, I'll just start talking to them. No, just do it. He's already told you, just do it. Just do it. There's no no big, huge definition to describe how to. You just got to. Amen. That's what Noah did. Just do it. Noah just, he just went after it and went after God. You read through here many people uh, throughout that, that God asked them to do something and they just by faith did it. A lot of times we have many excuses. But starting in verse 36, the Bible says, And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world, listen to this, of whom the world was not worthy. God thought so much of these people that He said the world don't even deserve y'all. Wow. God help us to live that kind of Christian life. The world's not even worthy. The world's not even worthy to contain these people. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of earth. And these all having obtained a good report received uh, uh, through faith, received not the promise. These people never saw the Messiah. They lived pre-Calvary. Look what they did. They literally paved the way. Look what we have today. Verse 40 says, God having provided some better thing for us. Who's that? I believe that's Him. That's Him. We're, we're post-Calvary, in case you didn't know. Amen. I mean, we're, we're in that time where the Lord Himself walks and talks and lives with us. And that they without us should not be made perfect. Look what they did. Look what they went through. What's our excuse tonight? Josh, we have faith. I have faith, Brother Josh. Our family, we have faith. Put it to action. Amen? We have to put it to action. We can have it. We can store it. We can, I mean, we can say we claim it and all those things. But what you do really shows if you have faith. He's able. We come up with so many excuses in this walk of life. So many. Raining. I mean, we went to church in a volcano ash storm. I don't even know what that is. We got halfway to church and the next thing I know, I mean, it was like something straight out. I mean, this is scary. I mean, it looked like apocalypse kind of stuff. The sky went black. Stuff started falling. Dirt started falling from the, the sky. And, I mean, it was weird. 
And I got there to the church, got out. I mean, I was covered. It was just falling. I was covered in that stuff. It's not a good idea to wear a white shirt when it's ashing outside. <laughs> Never knew that until we went to Guatemala. But when we got there, there was two families waiting for us. And I thought, man, they done canceled school, canceled church, and everybody bit the house in the States. That's the truth. Here these people were. Walked about a mile, some of them two miles to church. I'm telling you what, I, what I've seen and what's helped me the most down there is those people and living by faith. Yeah. About three weeks ago, we was, or no, this was longer than that, I guess about three weeks before we came, <clears throat> we was in a service and uh, one of the young men in the church, he's, well, I say young man, he's 20, 21, and uh, he came to me and said, Brother Josh, he said, I got a question. He said, how did you get here? And I thought, to Guatemala? He said, yeah, how did you do it? I'm thinking, oh, great. He's wanting some kind of secret way to get to the States and be an immigrant. I mean, that's what I thought. I've had that asked before, believe it or not. And he said, no, how, how did you get here? And I said, well, it's by the good grace of God. And he said, but... He said, you left your family. And he said, all my family, we're, they're very family-oriented down there. I mean, everybody pretty much lives together. And he said, I just can't imagine leaving my mother and my father and my kids, my grandkids and all those. I just can't imagine that. And I said, well, he said, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't easy. Or hard, sorry. I said, but... I said, it's just like every day I wake up. His mercies are new every morning. He looked at me and he said, I want to be a missionary one day. And I thought, Brother Daniel, I thought, I got a good mission field for you. Now, y'all going to probably not like this, but I just told him, I said, I'll bring you up to Tennessee. I'll pay for your passport. I'll pay for you whatever, however you get here. I'll and all that stuff. And I said, well, we'll start a church. I said, there's Guatemalans up there. He said, but why don't you do that? I said, because I'm here for you. <laughs> I said, this is where God brought me. And I said, there's Guatemalans where I live, and there's not a single Baptist church reaching out to those people. And he looked at me and said, I pray that God lets me do that. A Guatemalan man lives in a shack he don't have nothing. He didn't ask me to come here to get the American dream. He said, I pray that the Lord lets me do that. Now think about that. Not everybody's called to go, but would you be willing? Would you be willing? That answers the question, do I have faith? If the Lord called you to go somewhere or called even harder for us parents our children to go somewhere like Africa or somewhere like out like you wouldn't see them for two years would you be willing? I've learned in this short time through my mom and through my in-laws <clears throat> 
that the greatest thing we can do as parents is pick up our children and put them in the hands of our Lord. And watch the Lord work in their lives. Back away and watch God. I wonder tonight, how is your faith? How is your faith in Him? How is your faith in that He is able to do those things? Everyone in here, as far as I know, Mint's Wednesday night crowd, is a willing vessel. Should be a willing vessel. God desires to use man and to use women to see the gospel go forth, Rossville, Georgia, Tennessee. So, Brother Josh, it's the South. That don't matter. If anything, after a year of coming back here, I thought, man, a lot. We need more Christians in the South now. I mean, you just you see things more. Your eyes are opened a little bit more. And you become overwhelmed because you see so many people without Christ. And you think to yourself, how will we ever? How will we ever? How will we ever get to him, Brother Blake? All these people around us in Rossville dying and going to hell. On a Wednesday night, most people sitting at home front of the television, watching the hurricane, I'm sure, worried to death that it's going to come up Chinooty. Probably already thinking about canceling school. But here we are tonight in the house of God. Most that I know, everybody has their family here with them. But what if God told you, I want you to go? What if God told one of them kids, Mama, God wants me to go. Oh, let's be careful not to say, well, let's just wait and make sure it's will, the will of God. I've encouraged every child that we've come in contact with over the, during deputation things, get you a map and you pray for countries of the world. You want to increase your prayer life, that's a good way to do it. Amen? Pray for the world. Pray for them to come to Christ. But while you're doing that, look at those countries. Think about the need that's there. And have the prayer always, Lord, if you send me, if you want me to, I'll be willing to go. How's your faith tonight? God bless you, church.